You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. This is Turn Knowledge to Profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Now, here are your hosts for Turn Knowledge to Profit, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors, Janelle and Michael McCauley. Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm Janelle McCauley, and along with my co-host, Michael, each week we bring you the insights, ideas, and tools that you need to earn more, make a bigger impact, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. You're going to want to take notes, so grab a pen and paper, and let's get started. This week in our Business Builder segment, Michael will be talking about the importance of using stories in your training and coaching to create connection with your clients. That's up in a bit in our Business Builder, so stay tuned. First up is our success interview. Today we are talking with best-selling author and life coach, Hazel Palachi. Through her company, Live Your Abundant Life, Hazel provides coaching for women entering the second half of life who want to live their life with more fun and laughter while saying goodbye to fear, doubt, and self-limiting beliefs. And who doesn't want that? Over her 30 years of experience in business, Hazel has seen both ups and downs. So today, I want to talk to her about what keeps her going in those down times and how she leverages her success in the up times. I know she has so much to share, and I'm really excited. So grab your pen and paper, and let's get started. Welcome, Hazel. Thank you, Janelle. Um, It's a pleasure to be here. I'm really excited for our conversation today because I think this is a topic that will help a lot of our listeners. But before we get started into the the meat of our conversation, I'd love you to ask you to share just a little bit about your business, how long you've been in business, how you started it, and how it's evolved over time. Well, when I first started, um, I had not long got divorced and realized that if I wanted a roof over my head, I had better go to work. Mm. But working for someone else didn't really appeal to me. So while I was working for someone else, I I trained as a clinical hypnotherapist, and that was in 1990. I got my certification in 1991, and after I'd worked on staff for a year at the institute where I trained, I decided that really working for someone else was never going to work for me as I went forward. And I was very, very fortunate to be approached by um, a local psychotherapist who offered me an office in his practice. My My practice actually became very successful. I wasn't actually coaching per se at the time. That came in a few years later. And after about five years of working with clients, and I I had a very successful practice, within 60 days I had a full client load, thanks to the entertainment industry actually. (laughs) Um, And um, and then I got fibromyalgia and it became Mm. very challenging to work face-to-face with clients for 10 hours a day. 
Mm-hmm. And then that was about, I don't know, 1997, I think. And by the way, I was 50 when I started. So for those wow. people who think that you're too old, you're never too old to start. And um, I heard about coaching, and I retrained. And then a year later, I received my certification as a coach. I then added certifications in NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming, and mm-hmm. stress management counseling. And I trained as a relationship coach. I finally closed my practice in about 1999, and I became a coach full-time. That way, becoming a coach, because most coaches work on the phone, it allowed me to have a wider reach. And so I could work nationally and internationally. And that's really how I started. So, you know, I went from a private practice as a clinical hypnotherapist into being a coach, and I accidentally actually became a business coach. I had the experience, of course, from my own experience and from many years previously, but that wasn't actually what I trained as as a coach. Mm -hmm. I trained as a life coach. So you were correct when you said that at the beginning. And I've proceeded to go forward over the years, and now I've been in business for... Well, work it out, 1990, we're in 2019, nearly 30 years. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, and I, I want to... Oh, go ahead. No, sorry. I want to ask you, um, because, you know, you decided that working for someone else didn't work for you. And I know there are a lot of people out there that feel that way. They just don't know what to do. But what amazes me is that you said you had a full client load within 60 days. Most people, when they're making that shift, they get stuck in what they think is possible versus getting into action, and it, they, just, they don't make any progress. How did you get into action so quickly to get those results? Well, first of all, um, I did hire a coach, which... You know, even though people didn't really know about coaches at the time, I'd heard about coaches, and I did hire someone who would keep me on track. But I have to say, as I said just now, that the um, kudos really goes to the entertainment industry. I had one client as I left the institute where I trained who was in the entertainment industry, And she was just so thrilled with everything that we did that she started to refer people to me. And so I built my practice with really with A-list stars, with Emmy Award-winning writers and directors. And, um, And today when I look back, because now I've seen them grow, with people mm-hmm. that are very, very well known. And, and I don't give names because even though I'm not in the business anymore, right. it's a matter of confidentiality. So um, right. that's really how I, I built my practice. And I didn't work five days a week, but I did work three days a week, 10 hours a day. Mm-hmm. So it was still like working full time. I just decided that I didn't really want to work Mondays and Fridays. So mm-hmm. and I, I didn't have to having a full practice. So that's really how it, and of course, obviously, I had other clients outside of 
um, the entertainment industry, people just started coming into me because they started hearing about me. And mm-hmm. back then, we didn't really do a lot of marketing. There wasn't social media. There was no way of marketing unless you actually um, went out and did some speaking, which is what I did. I, I was a speaker, or I am a speaker, whichever way you want to say that. And um, and I just and I had lots of radio back then. It was radio interviews. I did radio interviews, and gradually. Things just built, but they built very fast. Mm -hmm. And I didn't allow fear to stop me. Why, I can't tell you now, because I can't remember, to be honest with you. Um, Mm -hmm. But although it it was fearful, it wasn't something that I was going to allow to stand in my way because I needed to work and I needed to earn money. And so I did. And I think it's so important for entrepreneurs to constantly be looking for ways that they can expand and evolve their business. And you've really talked about what you did to look at what's working, look at what you want to shift, look at what needs to shift when you had health challenges. And I love what you say that you're never too old because when I – Um, took early corporate retirement and kind of made the shift where I am now, I said, I'm too old to learn all these new things. And, you know, somebody challenged me and said, you're not, you've got a lot to offer, so get over it and move forward. And Mm -hmm. I think it's important that people do hire a coach or have someone to help them be accountable, to help them stay on track. And really, we don't know everything, but we've got what we need, I believe, to make things happen, but you need someone who is going to push you when you don't know what to do or going to give you ideas, give you suggestions. I think that's so important. I agree. And when I first started, I actually worked with both men and women. But gradually, I realized, especially when I became a full-time coach, Mm -hmm. I realized that women had a challenge. I don't want to say a problem. I don't like the word. But women were challenged when they got to a certain age because Mm -hmm. they were afraid or are afraid still today. Mm -hmm. They're afraid to make that move, to transition from maybe the corporate world into becoming an entrepreneur. Or, you know, maybe they got divorced and they have no idea how to go about being in life now whatever it is, and so Mm -hmm. I started working only with women over 40. And um, I have to say that my clients usually become very successful in whichever area because I don't just do business coaching now. I do life coaching. So it can be, it's really about transitioning. And being too old, I'm 78 so if we're too old I'm past it (laughs) yeah but you're never it's a number it's it's just an you know I believe age is just a number and as I get up into the you know into the 60s and that you know it's I think 60s is the new 40 so um it it really it, it really is just a number it's what you think is possible and I think we tend to tell ourselves stories and and tell ourselves things that keep us from doing what we need to do. I always tell people, if you 
believe it's not possible, it isn't. And if you believe it's possible, it is. So it's really, what you th- it's really what you think. And I love the fact that you say it's not just business coaching, it's life coaching, because I think the pieces are so intertwined. You've got to have the right thoughts and beliefs and tell yourself the right things and get rid of those stories that are holding you back. And that's not the business side, it's the life side, but it, mm-hmm. it impacts your business results so much. I agree. My business used to be called Your Stairway to Wealth, but people continually thought that wealth was just about money. And mm. I kept saying to people, it's not just about money. You're not wealthy if you're not healthy. You're not wealthy mm. if you don't have a life that you love. So money isn't going to give you everything. And finally, it was last year only that I finally changed the name of the business to Live Your Abundant Life because that's what it's about, living Mm -hmm. your life abundantly so that you have a life that you love and that you live it on your own terms because that's what women tend not to do. Mm -hmm. I. I think it's from the way that a lot of us were probably raised, but I think we give so much to others, and yet we don't feel like we can ask for those same things or take those same things, and um, it's, it's part of the stories we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They really do get in the way if, if people don't do something about them, and that's why, as a coach, I added hypnosis. Mm, interesting. Very because interesting. hypnosis is very powerful. And it's mm-hmm. a much faster way to change limiting beliefs. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, I'm going to ask you to, to kind of hold that thought there. We need to take a real quick break. But when we come back, I want to talk about that a little bit and um, learn a little bit more about how that works. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss the conversation. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating $1 million in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, 
creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Today in our success interview, we're talking with Hazel Palachi, the founder of Live Your Abundant Life. And we had an amazing conversation before the break, and if you missed it, you absolutely want to go back. You're never too old to get started, and Hazel had an incredible journey. And I think it will inspire a lot of our listeners who are saying, I can't do it or it's too hard. You can do anything you set your mind to. And before we went to break, um, Hazel said that one of the things that she did was hypnosis. And we had a really interesting conversation during the break, and I want to delve into that a little bit. And I believe from, from what she said that it's not what you see on the stage in Las Vegas. So I'd love to have you, Hazel, just talk a little bit about some of the myths of hypnosis that you shared with me. Absolutely. Um, no, it's definitely not what you see on the stage or on the movies or on TV. <laughs> it, it's, it's not something weird. It's a very powerful tool to allow a trained clinical hypnotherapist to access the deeper subconscious in your mind so that you can change the thinking faster. And that's really all it is. The myths are, I can control your mind. No, I can't control your mind. I can't make you do anything that you would normally not do. Um, you hear everything that's being said. You don't go to sleep. And um, even though I work on the phone or on Zoom, once you have that connection with me, you trust the fact that I'm going to be there to do what is good for you, not for me. Mm -hmm. And um, we talk about, obviously, before doing this, we talk about what it is you want to change. And it's, there's nothing weird about hypnosis. It's a very powerful tool to help you to change the way you think faster. And that's all it is. It's a, just a very deep state of relaxation. And you just go into a place where... I can tap into your subconscious, which I can't necessarily do when your eyes are wide open and you're awake because you're consciously thinking all the time. And so mm -hmm. you're going to interfere with what's going on subconsciously. And that is where your limiting beliefs come from. You can think consciously and say consciously whatever you want, but if your subconscious is telling you something different because... You heard those things many years ago, probably. Mm -hmm. Then that's going to get in your way, and that's what sabotages people's success, whether it's in life or in business. Interesting. So um, from, from the way you're explaining it, which I love the way you, you explain it because it always seems so... Um, 
confusing when most people talk about it, that it sounds like it's a tool that can really help a lot of people who are blocked or who are, you know, that self-sabotage. They're, they're always getting stuck on one thing that's holding them back. Mm-hmm. And, it, and that is exactly what it does. And one of the things that women especially don't tend to look at, they don't look at the successes they have each day. And that can be tiny. It might be that, I don't know, you said you were going to bed at 11 o'clock and you, you went to bed when you said instead of going to bed at 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. It could be that you're never going to eat sweets again or I think they call it candy here, um, you're never going to eat candy again, and you stop eating candy. It, it works in so many different ways, and it's very, very powerful. So I also have clients write down three or four daily successes mm-hmm. so that they can see when they look back where they have actually gained confidence. Hmm. Interesting. You know, my my husband and I, every Friday night, we pop a bottle of champagne. Mm-hmm. And we do that, and we celebrate our wins and our successes from the week. And some weeks, they're really big. And other weeks, you know, they're, they're not as big. But it's really important to take that few minutes, I believe, and really look at what what were the wins? What just went amazing? And it really shifts the way we, you know, wind down the week, and it really sets us up for, I think, greater success going forward. Oh, I totally agree with you. When I'm working with a client, I will generally have them write two or three successes at the end of each day. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how small they are. If it's something that you did that you wouldn't normally do, that's a mm-hmm. success because you took an action. You know, people mm-hmm. think that success means, oh, wow, you have to make a million dollars in, you know, in a month. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that isn't what I mean by success. Success is about taking action. And if you take an action that you normally wouldn't take, you, you created a success. Mm-hmm. And so you want to validate yourself for that because it's important to do that. I I also have people write down um, gratitudes because being grateful is very important. And the Mm -hmm. successes and gratitudes increase mastering your mindset. So because it doesn't just happen because they have hypnosis. There are things that they do have to do outside of the hypnosis session. or outside of the coaching session. And they can have coaching with or without hypnosis. But if a client is really stuck in limiting beliefs, I will always encourage them to allow me to use hypnosis so that they can move faster past that. Mm -hmm. Because I hate to see women who are so powerful not tapping into that power because they're afraid. Mm -hmm. Do you get... Um, A lot of people that say that they're willing to try it? I do get a lot of people now that say they're willing to try it. Obviously, (laughs) sometimes I go to networking events, um, even to e-women, and, you know, somebody will say to me, so you can hypnotize me right now. 
<laughs> no, that isn't <laughs> how it works. And I would mm-hmm. say that to people. I can't do anything when you're just standing in front of me just because you say, or I think that I can do it. It doesn't mm-hmm. work like that. So I always like to explain to people, there's nothing scary about hypnosis. Um, you know, if you, I tell people that if you want to speak to somebody that I worked with, I'm willing to give you names and numbers or emails. Um, it's just a tool. And truthfully, if it hadn't been for hypnosis, I wouldn't be where I am today. Because although I don't talk about it, I had incredibly bad panic disorder for many, many years. And it wasn't until I used hypnosis that I moved past it. So, um, yes, it's powerful. People are more and more in tune with it these days. And um, I really encourage people to use it. Mm-hmm. That's, I can't say much more than that. People are becoming more used to having hypnosis nowadays. Well, you've certainly put it in a different light because I know when we see performers on stage, they've got people doing all sorts of, um, of, of goofy things, but um, the way you're explaining it makes it sound like it's something that's much more usable, much more, um, gonna have a, it's going to really change the way people, you know, people do things. The oh, absolutely. I don't swing, you know, a watch in front of your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't make you, you know, um, bark like a dog or cluck like a chicken, which is what stage hypnosis. It's entertainment when it's on the stage. I chose mm-hmm. not to be a stage hypnotist. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do clinical hypnosis so that people could use their minds with the power that they actually have to mm-hmm. make their lives different and, I'm going to use the word loosely, better. Mm-hmm. Very because interesting. That, you know, better is different to each individual person. Mm-hmm. But it's nothing to be scared of that I can tell you. Yeah. Well, I'm going to encourage our listeners to learn more about it if they um, if they're stuck something, somewhere. Um, I definitely want them to do that. Um, I want to take just our last couple of minutes and go back to something that you said in the first half of um, our interview, because you were talking about a lot of your um, growth and what you've done in business has come from referrals um, versus social media. And, And I think personally, and I'd love you to get your thoughts on it, that today a lot of people are relying on social media to get their, their leads, and they're not looking to those referrals, those building the relationship, so much of what we do at eWomen Network. I, and I'd love your thoughts on that, because I think it's a huge missed opportunity to really build those relationships to build your business. Well, I agree with you. I think that it's great to have social media. Um, I'm sure it's wonderful. It's not something that I adore. Um, And you can very easily get sucked into that hole of social media and stay there for hours every day. And Mm -hmm. so, of course, you lose time. I think that if you go to networking events like like eWomen and you start connecting with people, life is about connection. 
And that's mm-hmm. something that I think social media has unfortunately, as many positives as it might have, I think it's also created a lack of connection because people are getting too used to, instead of picking up a phone and saying, let's have coffee, I'd like to learn more about you, they're going to social media or they're using texting. Well, I can't get the same thing across when I text as when I speak to you. Mm-hmm. So when I'm at an event, I like to say to people, you know, I'd really like to hear more about what you do and um, how do you feel about having a cup, you know, meeting for coffee or lunch or whatever it is. And I think that's very, very important. It's extremely important to make that personal connection with people. You can't do that through social media. It does not work the same way. That's my estimation anyway. You know, I'm sure that there are people out there that wouldn't agree with me. Um, And I tend to be much more introverted than extroverted. So going to networking events over the years hasn't always been comfortable. Mm -hmm. However, I've always gone to networking events. I joined eWomen because... I wanted to connect with people personally. I didn't want to. I I have 5,000 friends on Facebook. Do you think I really know all those people? (laughs) Maybe a handful. (laughs) But, you know, it's lovely that I can see what people do. But um, personal connection is the most important thing that you can have in a business if you want to build and get referrals. That's my opinion, of course. So whether it's what other people believe, I don't know. It's certainly how I built my business because mm-hmm. we didn't have social media back in the day. So, right. And if you can go out and do speaking, that's another way that you can build a business. Go mm-hmm. and speak at local networking events. Do anything you can to connect personally with people. You don't do that when you're on social media. I hate to say that, but sorry, I don't believe that you connect with people unless, unless, like, for instance, if you're on LinkedIn, you say to somebody, I'd like to hear more about you. Would you like to have a phone call? Mm-hmm. Not a text, a phone call. <laughs> so right. that's my opinion. So I agree. Personal connection is very, very important. I absolutely agree, and I think it's almost a lost art, so that's going to be, I think, a challenge for the next generation is really to learn how to talk in full sentences and to really have a conversation. I talk to people all the time about how to ask thoughtful questions and then also how to really let go of trying to interpret what they're saying and just listen to what the response is, and trust that you're going to know what to say next. And I do believe that that is a, uh, a real um, skill. Absolutely. And what I think what the other thing that people, I mean, I have grandchildren who are in their late teens now. Mm-hmm. So, and I see that they don't have that kind of connection with people because they're right. so used to doing it on the phone or, or, or on their whatever they use, um, right. iPads. And you're right, they are going to have a problem or 
as I said, I don't like the word problem, so I use the word challenge. They're going to have challenges um, communicating with people if they don't learn something outside of technology. Right. Because it's not about technology, it's about connection. And you don't have the same connection when you're on a phone. Well, not on a phone, but you can. But when you're on social media or texting, everybody texts. I always mm-hmm. say to people, please don't text me. If you want to speak to me, call me. <laughs> it's, it, it should be the focus should be talking, not texting. This has been an amazing conversation, and I feel like it could go on for hours, but our time together is, um, is up. And I'd love to ask you, how can our listeners learn more about you and connect with you? They can go to my website, which is liveyourabundantlife.com, where they can also download a complimentary copy of my ebook, Becoming Fierce and Fearless, and where, of course, they can find my full bio, or they can also set up a complimentary call with me so that if they have any questions, they can ask questions. That's the best way to connect with me. And they can learn more about me that way, too. And can I just Perfect. add one last thing uh-huh. about what we were just speaking? Absolutely. When you go out to a networking event, don't start spewing just about your business. Listen to what other people have to say. That's an excellent um, piece of advice to finish our conversation with. Thank you so much for sharing that. You're welcome. So I want to thank you for your time today, and I'm going to invite our listeners to absolutely check out your website, liveyourabundantlife.com, and connect with you. And thank you so much. It's been an incredible conversation. Thank and you for inviting me. It's been an honor. You're, you're welcome. Stay tuned for our business builder. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. 
If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. As always, I'm here with Janelle, and in our Business Builder segment today, we're going to be talking about the importance of stories. I love listening to other people's stories, and I know I'm excited about today's conversation because I sometimes get challenged with making sure I'm using the right stories, but I know that they're so important. So I'd love to have you just start by sharing, Michael, how do we know where we need to put stories and how do we know we have the right stories? Well, you know, first and foremost, stories really create connection between you and your audience. And again, it doesn't matter um, if it's an audience that you're speaking to, if it's an audience of clients that are in your course or uh, any other situation, um, really they, they help you create connection with the person that you're talking to or the people you're talking to. Um, you know, if you think about it, humans have communicated over millennia through stories. And it's really, it's been true in recorded history, and it's still true, true today. Because if you think about it, even, you know, TV commercials, um, most of them are really just stories. That's all they are. But they're stories that sell a product or service. Um, and if you can tell a good story and connect with your audience on an emotional level, then they're much more likely to remember you for a long time. I think that's true. And the thing that I keep thinking of when you say that is really making sure and having a story that engages people, that draw them in. And stories can be a great way for people to see how what you're sharing can actually apply to them. If they see themselves in your story, it really can make a big difference. Yeah, it really does. It really helps you create connection with them. Um, and then, you know, the, the second thing that it does is no matter how dry a topic you're talking about, if you've got good stories in there, um, it'll still keep people interested. Um, and if you switch that around, um, if you don't have good stories, it doesn't matter how compelling your topic is, they're going to lose interest. They're just, their mind's going to start to wander. I mean, I don't know how many of you have been in a situation where you're maybe attending an event. And um, I know I've had this, I'm taking notes, the speaker's going along. And all of a sudden I realized that, I, well, I wasn't taking notes. I was actually thinking about uh, the stuff I needed at the market, or I was thinking about something I was going to do when I left the event or whatever, because the speaker had kind of lost me. They didn't have good stories in, involved. They, they had a lot of charts and a lot of graphs, but it wasn't really making an emotional connection with me. And I think that's important to do. I think it's important to draw people in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you're, you know, a lot of people will tell you, and I think it's pretty true that you have eight to 10 seconds to engage with someone when you start to talk to them. So as a speaker, you get up there, they uh, introduce you, you get on stage and you have about eight to 10 seconds to engage with the audience before they start to lose interest. And so that's why it's so important to start with a story or have some compelling stories throughout your talk 
um, or throughout your course or whatever it is to keep them engaged and really make that connection. So do when someone's telling a story, does it have to be something that they personally experienced? No, it doesn't. And in fact, I think that it's really good to always have a mixture. Um, it's great to have your own stories because that shows um, that you have experience. It shows your expertise. It really helps them engage with you personally. But I think it's also important to have um, stories that you've heard from other people because that shows some universality to whatever it is you're talking about so that it's not just you. It's not just them, the listener, that, oh, this happens to other people as well. And that this is a challenge for a lot of people uh, and your story really helps make that emotional connection with you and also with the, the issue as a whole. So how does someone know if a story is going to be engaging or going to pull people in? Some people might say they don't have very interesting stories. Well, you know, it's it's not so much that the story is not interesting, at least in my view, it's the it's the telling of the story has to be interesting. And so, you know, to say I don't have any stories and I have, have met clients from time to time and say I don't have any stories. And, you know, I guess my thinking is, well, you know, you're 40, 50, 60 years old, however old you are. And have you done nothing in your life at all? And the answer, of course, is, well, no, sure, they've done some, some things in their life. Well, then you have stories because everybody who actually has lived a life has stories. It's just a matter of how you tell them and finding the stories that have universal appeal and also engage and are uh, relevant to the point you're trying to make. Well, and I've heard you ask people when they say, well, I don't have any stories, really asking some real good engaging questions. Tell me about a client that you've loved working with. Tell me about a client who had phenomenal results. You know, if someone is stuck, what did you do to move them forward? And I know that, so part of it, I think, is shifting the way we think when we're looking at stories and asking some good questions. Have a conversation with someone and record the conversation because when you're talking one-on-one, -on -one, we do tend to share a lot of stories that we probably don't even think of when we actually go to um, put together a keynote or put together training. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're absolutely right that that um, I, I do tend to ask sort of engaging questions. And you might start thinking about these questions for yourself, you know, about how you actually have engaged with clients before. How, what kinds of things have clients told you that have been successful? And how could you weave that into a story? Just think about your everyday life. Um, you know, I think in a previous um, business builder, we, we talked about the analogy of if you don't have a car, uh, then, you know, a basic economy car is, is great for you. You don't need a Ferrari. Well, that's a story. Okay. So, so think about in your everyday life situations that you've had that relate to some of the issues that maybe your clients are having. And how could you meld those two together into a, a really interesting and engaging story? So once you've got your stories, 
How do you actually add that into your course or presentation? Is there a formula on how to do that? Well, yeah, absolutely. There is a formula. Um, and there's a little bit of art as well, but there is a formula. And that's, you know, one of the reasons you want to work with uh, a company that is expert at creating products and services as you're doing that. So um, a company like Turn Knowledge to Profit, we do that all the time and we are able to get those stories from our clients and, and incorporate those into their offerings. Um, you know, first you want to make sure that the story supports the point you're trying to make. And uh, I know that may seem obvious to a lot of people, but you'd be surprised how many speakers don't get that basic rule. They, they tell you, and maybe you've had that experience if you think back to talks that you've been to where they tell a really interesting story, but at the end you're kind of saying, well, that was interesting, but I'm, I'm not sure how it relates to what you're talking about. And so you were, you were enter that's more what I would call entertainment. That's not actually teaching you anything. And so you want to make sure that they really support, you know, what you're trying, the points you're trying to make. And that's why, you know, another tip I could give people is um, the same thing that we do. When we're creating a presentation or a course or an offering for a client, we don't add the stories until the very end. It's one of the last things we put into the finished product. And, uh, you know, I do have specific spots where I'll put a, a placeholder that says, you know, story here or uh, make sure that we put a story, you know, ask client about a story for this spot here. But I don't actually add the story until the end because I want to make sure that the story really reinforces the point that's being made. And I don't know fully what the point is going to be until the course is put together and everything flows together. Well, when you were talking about that, um, and I'm going to probably get the word wrong, but it's edutainment. It's, yeah, somebody, somebody it's, used that term. It, yeah. Where you're yeah. combining education and entertainment. Right. And I think it's important to do both. And I know I've heard presentations where someone tells a story and it's like, okay, that's a nice story, but what am I supposed to do with that? Or how do I apply it to what I'm doing? I will think, think it's really important when you're telling stories to watch the audience. Are they leaning in? Are they looking at you? Are they kind of on the edge of their seat? Or are they sitting there looking down on their cell phone, checking text yeah. message and, you know, checking email? Are they really engaged? Because if they are, they're going to want to know what's coming next. And I think that's really important. Yeah, it is. It's really important. And that's a great tip to always look, be looking at the audience um, and, and really seeing how engaged they are. And the other thing that I can say, it's always also a, a tip is to make sure that, uh, you know, there's, there's a, uh, as you said, there's a formula to telling a story or, or what story you should use. There's also a formula for how the story is structured. And you want to make sure that you, again, uh, engage with some uh, company or some coach or whoever it is that really understands storytelling. Um, but you have to set a context for the audience. You have to make sure the points are clear. You have to give them a background. Um, a, a lot of times what I see um, new storytellers or, or, or coaches or speakers that are trying to incorporate stories into their, their offerings, I see them um, do something I call speed thinking. So since they lived the story, 
they sort of cut to the end without including a lot of the upfront stuff. They speed think through the story, assuming that their audience will understand it. And a lot of times their audience doesn't understand because they haven't been given the context. They haven't been given the background. They haven't been given the setup for the lesson that's coming later in the story. That's so true. And I know that um, you often accuse me of speed thinking because I've been there, done that, experienced it. I, you know, I don't stop to think about, okay, what details does someone know if they weren't there? And this is a great discussion. And I would invite all of our listeners to go to Turn Knowledge to Profit Facebook page and share where do your stories come from and what challenge do you have to maybe decide what story to use when you're putting together a talk training or you really want to go ahead and share an example with the result because there is an art to it and once you master that it will make a big difference in the results that you get so we look forward to hearing from you talk to you next week you know, this has really been a great conversation. I want to thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas. And also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for our future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week. Turn knowledge to profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream about. Join us each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific time on the EWN Radio Network. To download this week's show, listen to past shows, or learn how to be a guest on the show, visit TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com. Past shows are also available at EWNRadioNetwork.com and through iTunes and Stitcher. Until next time, remember, great companies are built around great products. Leverage your knowledge to live the life of your dreams. Let's continue the conversation and turn your knowledge into profits.